You're listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and I've been dressing real women just like you for over 20 years. Now I'm on a mission to help women all around the world create easy, effortless style without confusion and overwhelm. If you're ready to create a wardrobe you love and feel confident every day so you can live the life you want, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hello, gorgeous. Welcome back to the show that teaches you everything your mom never did about getting dressed. My friends, I am so excited for today's conversation because this topic is from my very first, oh my gosh, what am I going to talk about next brainstorming session way back in the fall of 2019. It feels like a lifetime ago. When I started this show in the spring of 2019, I thought I had topic ideas forever that I would never run out of things to talk about. And then by the fall, I was like, well, shoot, that's it. That's all I got. What am I going to say next? Is this just going to be a 12 episode show and that's it? I had major podcast block. I don't know if that's a thing, but writer's block is a thing. So podcast block is a thing too, I guess. I sat down and I just brainstormed on my, I love post-it notes for for things like this. And I covered a wall with post-it notes of ideas and favorite Linda stories and all that good stuff. And somehow we came up with enough stuff to keep the show going. And I've done those brainstorming sessions a few times over the last three years, and we've made it over 130 episodes and we've still got things to talk about. So I guess it was in there somewhere. Anyway, originally I thought today's topic would be a great one to tackle as we got into social event season, right? Like spring and summer. I put it on my content plan for April of 2020. And I always have to laugh when I talk about April of 2020, because we all know how that one turned out, right? Talking about what to wear for events that weren't happening just didn't seem right. So I moved it down the list to spring of 2021. And while more things were going on then, a lot of people still weren't comfortable hosting big gatherings or going to them. And again, what to wear to weddings and graduation parties and things like that just still didn't feel right. So it got pushed again. But this year, when my niece, whose spring 2020 wedding was postponed to spring 2021, finally had her big day just a few weeks ago, congratulations, Bethany, I knew that it was time to put this one back on the list. I feel like we are back, baby. So today's topic and its sister episode that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks are the very last ideas for that original brain dump. I'm I'm actually really happy to cross these off the list and, and move forward. These were the last topics that just didn't feel right or that I couldn't turn into something more appropriate given the current state of the world. In today's episode, we're talking about what to wear to weddings and other social events. I know from conversations in our capsule communities that figuring out what to wear to these things can cause a lot of stress. We have a lot of pictures. What should I wear? Oh, I got invited to this thing. Which dress do you like best? I have to order something. All that good stuff. Sometimes the invitation gives you a very clear directive on what you should wear. And sometimes you just have to figure it out for yourself. But even when you have clear instructions, sometimes they're not all that clear. When I was putting together this episode, I came across an article that I will link to in the show notes on our website, all about the quirky dress codes that brides are coming up with, like Brooklyn formal and coastal chic. Those aren't very helpful. There's, you can't go and look those up on the Google machine and tell you what to wear. 
So today we're going to decode some of the more common dress codes and talk about how to figure it out when there isn't a stated dress code or you don't know what the dress code actually means. And then finally, we're going to open up the virtual mailbag to answer a couple of questions we've gotten over the last couple of years about dressing for social events. No worries. We actually answered their questions. They haven't been hanging on for two years wondering what to wear to an event that's probably already happened. You know, one dress code that you will probably never see on any wedding or social invitation is athleisure chic, but athleisure clothes are great for traveling to events, running errands to get a gift, or for laying on the couch nursing a hangover the day after the party. If your comfortable style needs a boost, go and grab our athleisure capsule guide that's out right now. This mini capsule collection is only available for a limited time, but it will have you looking stylish and feeling comfortable all spring and summer long. We're showing you how to use 12 easy pieces to create 30 effortlessly stylish outfits. And of course, you get our famous shopping link database so you don't have to lift a finger. We have done all the hard work for you. The mini athleisure guide is available right now and it's under 20 bucks. Head over to the show notes or to our website at youreverydaystyle.com and get yours now. All right. Before we talk about what to wear, let's talk about why what you wear is important. One of the questions I used to ask on the questionnaire I sent to all of my one-on-one clients was, can you think of a time or an occasion where you didn't like what you were wearing? How did you feel and what do you wish you would have worn it instead? So many answers, actually almost all of them were about these social occasions that we're talking about today. Weddings, baby showers, graduation parties, you get the idea. Most of my Lindas said that they were underdressed or like they were wearing their work clothes and all of them said they didn't have a lot of fun. They felt self-conscious and they wanted to leave early and they wish they would have worn something dressier or more festive or more fun. I find this idea of overdressed versus underdressed to be a really interesting one. Over the years, I've asked my communities multiple times, would you rather be overdressed or underdressed? And invariably, every single time, people say they'd rather be overdressed. In fact, on a recent poll on my Instagram stories, 80% said they'd always rather be overdressed. But When I follow that question up a couple days later, a week later, and ask, are you usually overdressed or underdressed? The honest answer is they're usually underdressed. We love the idea of being more put together than the occasion calls for, but when it comes to actually doing it, it's either too much work or we don't have the right things. Inherently, though, we know it feels good to feel dressed up and put together, and we know it feels bad to feel self-conscious about what you're wearing, especially when everyone else seems to be wearing the right thing. I look at these social events and all the women that have told me they didn't enjoy them because they didn't like what they were wearing, and it makes me really sad. These are supposed to be joyous, fun events in life, and if we're not having fun because of our outfits, well, that's kind of the opposite of the full, rich life that I want for every single woman listening to this to have, to live. 
again, I'm going to paraphrase from Diana Vreeland. It's not the dress, but it's the life you live in the dress that's important. Instead of dreading weddings and graduations because you don't have anything to wear, I want you to look forward to them and enjoy them. If for no other reason, then you look great and you want to show it off. You've got a great outfit that needs to go somewhere. So the first reason what you wear matters is that life's joyful moments are meant to be thoroughly enjoyed, and that's easier to do in a fabulous outfit. The other reason is this. Dressing well is a sign of respect for other people. Showing up to someone's graduation party or wedding shower dressed appropriately to the nines shows that you acknowledge that this is a big deal, worthy of putting on something special. It means something to people when you make that effort. So if you don't want to do it for you, do it for them. But either way, when it comes to dressing well for social events, just do it. You never, ever regret dressing well. Never. No one's ever come home and thought, Ugh, wish I hadn't put a little effort in. Nope, just doesn't happen. So now that you are as fired up as I am about this subject and you are on board with dressing well for social events, let's talk about some of the more common dress codes. We're going to go from most formal to least formal, starting with white tie. White tie means floor length gowns only. If there's a time for a ball gown, this is it. While it might be challenging to dress for white tie events because they're not part of most people's normal routines, it's easy to know what the expectations are. There's no gray area here like there is with dress codes like black tie, black tie optional, semi-formal. White tie means floor length gowns only. So now you might be thinking, well, I thought black tie meant floor length gowns. And you're not wrong. Absolutely, you can wear a floor length dress to a black tie event. But a lot of sites are saying you can also wear a cocktail dress on the longer side, like below the knee or a midi length. They're saying you can also do a formal jumpsuit or even a formal or evening pantsuit. Black tie is technically semi-formal, but I think when most people put it on an invitation, they want you to go all out. I would stick with floor-length gown and save the more creative interpretations for invitations that say black tie optional. One thing to keep in mind is that when someone puts black tie optional on an invitation, they really want you to wear black tie. They just don't want to be jerks about it. And we're going to talk about how much you really have to follow these requests later. But black tie optional is a time where you can push the envelope just a little bit. You don't necessarily have to wear a floor length gown. You can do those more creative interpretations. Stepping down from there is cocktail attire. I think of cocktail attire as black tie light. It's still dressy and fancy, but you can have a little bit more fun with it. You can do shorter dresses, more color, more pattern, dressy separates, that kind of thing. But cocktail attire is still more glam than what you'd wear out for a nice dinner with your friends. It's still special occasion attire. The next two dress codes are where it starts to get a little bit sticky and tricky, and those are semi-formal and dressy casual. These two require a lot of interpretation. Think of semi-formal as a little step down from cocktail. You can lose some of the sparkle and shine and, and beading and embellishments, but you still should stay more festive than office wear. A dress or a jumpsuit with a little drama are perfectly appropriate. Dressy casual is a step down from there, and this is really the first place you should 
even consider wearing a dress or pantsuit that you would wear to work. I always think it's nice to have something a little bit more festive that you wouldn't wear to the office, but if you've got a great wrap or sheath dress, you can absolutely wear it to a dressy casual wedding. Moving down the formality ladder, we hit casual. Casual is a little tricky because just like casual Fridays at the office, people can take it too far. This does not mean denim tees, sneakers, flip-flops, none of that. Casual means cotton sundresses, jersey dresses, dress pants, and a pretty top, that kind of thing. I think using business casual as a guide, but approaching it with a little bit more fun is a good place to start. The last dress code is come as you are. This dress code means the hosts just want you there and they don't really care what you wear. I think this is a good opportunity, as always, to show respect for the hosts and the event by putting yourself together a little bit. But this is one that you don't have to stress over or go shopping for. Just wear something you love and something that won't lead to, oh, I, I wish I'd worn something else kind of memory. Okay, so there you have a basic overview of the most common dress codes. More and more invitations are including directives that are more themes than dress codes like beach or rustic. If you're having a hard time picturing exactly what that means, just go to Google and Google rustic wedding guest attire or beach wedding guest attire just to get ideas. But remember, unless the theme is a Halloween costume party, it's not a costume party. Put together an outfit that is a nod to the theme, but stop short of being campy. When I was putting this episode together, I came across a lot of forums that discuss dress codes and specifically if it was tacky or not to tell people what to wear. Some guests said, yes, going to these events is hassle enough. Being told what to wear is over the top. Some guests said, no, that it's not tacky at all. They loved knowing what was appropriate because getting dressed for events is stressful and they appreciated the help. Now, if you fall into that second group, this next part is for you. And that is how to figure out what to wear if the invitation doesn't expressly tell you. The invitation itself is your first clue. If the invitation arrives in the mail and you think, oh, that's fancy, it, it's probably a fancy event. You're pretty high up on the formality ladder. If the invitation is on thick, heavy paper with beautiful engraved script font, it's a more formal and therefore dressier event than an invitation printed at home with a Comic Sans font. You know what I'm saying? Also, the wording gives clues. So-and-so request the honor of your presence is more formal than please join us for whatever. So look for those two things on the invitation first. Once you've gotten an idea of what kind of party this is going to be, look at the event details. The first thing to look at is the time. For weddings, we're looking at the reception time. The later the event is, the more formal it's likely to be. Cocktail attire and dressier should stay home before five, unless specified in the invitation. And as a general rule, unless specified in the invitation, anything less than semi-formal should stay home after six. The venue is another clue. A bridal shower held at noon in someone's backyard is very different than a bridal shower held at noon at an upscale restaurant or at a fancier event space. Using the clues on the invitation, the wording, the theme, the paper, all that good stuff, the time of the event and the venue, you can probably figure out where in that formality hierarchy we just talked about where you are. And from there, use the dress code description that most closely matches. 
And if you're still really, really stressed about it, reach out to the host and ask, especially if you get one of those quirky dress codes that doesn't give you any clues. I guarantee you, if someone goes to the trouble of putting a quirky dress code on there, they'd rather just have you call and find out. So reach out to them and just ask. All right. The last thing I want to do is answer a few questions we've gotten about social event dress codes and what to wear. First question from a listener who did not want us to use her first name. Here it is. It's, hi, Jen. My husband's college friend is getting married and the invitation asked us to wear colors I don't own. The wedding is out of town and already costing us a lot of money. I can't afford a new outfit I'd only wear once. Do you think it's okay to wear something I already have? Well, this is a good question. It's really more of an etiquette question than a wardrobe question, but I will share my thoughts anyway. And I'm going to leave out my opinion on people asking their guests to wear certain colors because that's not the issue here. And I could, I could do a whole episode on that. But the issue here is, can you ignore the request? Some information that I'm missing, and I sort of wish I had to answer this question better is, how was the request worded? Some Sometimes the invitation makes it clear that that's what they'd like, but no pressure if you don't want to. Some wording makes it clear that that's what's expected. So I don't know which it was, but let's pretend for the sake of this conversation that it's obviously not a, hey, if you want to wear purple, that's cool. If not, no pressure kind of situation and that you feel absolutely obligated to wear whatever color they're, they're picking. The other thing I don't know is how close to this couple you are and how comfortable you feel asking. If you're super close to them and going to the wedding is really important, you might want to reach out to the host and just ask. I would hope the answer is come as you are. We just want you there. But if you don't feel comfortable asking, you've got two choices in my opinion. You can buy, borrow, or rent something in the requested color or don't go. Do you absolutely have to follow the request? No. Chances are you're not going to be kicked out of the reception. Although I did see one forum discussion that asked if it was okay to enforce a dress code. It was a unanimous no on that one. And if you can get the internet to agree on anything, you know it's for real. So no, people should not be enforcing dress codes. So no, you don't have to, but that's what the couple requested. Obviously it's important enough for them to put on the invitation. So if you're not comfortable reaching out to ask or you don't want to somehow get an outfit in that color, I would skip it and send a gift. All right. Next question, which came from our Instagram DMs is, I know the rule about no white after Labor Day isn't a thing anymore, but what about wearing white to a wedding? I have a white sundress that doesn't look like a wedding dress. Do you think that would be okay? Um, honestly, I would not wear it. Even though it doesn't look like a wedding dress, and this is probably an outdated rule, why risk people thinking you're trying to upstage the bride? The goal of being a guest is not to be the center of attention. That belongs to somebody else on that day. So save your cute white sundress for brunch with friends and wear something else to the wedding. All right. Last question is from Renee who wrote, help. After not having anywhere to go for two years, mm -hmm, that's why we're doing this one. My calendar is full of things that require more than my usual casual wardrobe. I don't like to wear dresses and can't wear heels. So I always end up wearing my work clothes. Do you have any ideas for what I can wear to look more festive, even with my limitations? 
Finally, Renee, an actual wardrobe question, and I am much more in my element here. So yes, I have lots of ideas. You know, I always say that we live in the greatest time in fashion history, the age of athleisure, but there's another reason style today is the best ever, and that is that women can wear pants everywhere. The women who went before us did not have that luxury. So let's take a moment to recognize the women who had to wear dresses, pantyhose, and girdles to the grocery store. Hats off to those ladies. But anyway, now you can absolutely wear pants without looking like you're going to work. The secret is don't wear work pants. I know that seems ridiculously simple and and the best solutions often are. If you're going to something that's formal, wear a great pair of palazzo pants and a matching top. If you're going to something less dressy, but you still don't want to look like you're heading to the office, choose pants with a little sparkle, shine, drama, texture, bold color, anything that sets them apart from office wear. Pair them with a top you also wouldn't wear to the office. And there you have a formula for not looking like you're going to work. It really is that simple. For shoes, it's the same advice. There are plenty of mules, flats, wedges out there that don't look like your basic work shoes. Look for lighter colors, embellishments, patent or metallic finishes, and pointed toes to make your flats look a little bit more festive and a little less nine to five. It is worth it to find clothes for these special occasions that meet your needs, but also make you feel special. That's what special occasions are about after all, and that's the whole point of this episode. As we head into a season of hopefully going lots of places, some special, some a little more mundane, I want you to remember that while it seems like more work, you'll never regret dressing up a little or wearing something a little bit more special. And when you do find yourself heading to these milestone events, whether it's a graduation party, a shower, a wedding, remember that these are meant to be joyous occasions and you are more likely to feel joy when you like the way you look. All right, don't forget to head over to Instagram. You can find me at Everyday Style with Jen so you don't miss any tips or polls or silly videos. Who knows? I might even dance on a TikTok. We'll see. In our next episode, we're going to talk about some more style situations that stress us out, and that is what to wear to work. But that is it for now, my friends. I will see you next time. And until then, stay stylish. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to head over to our website for any links, downloads, or resources we talked about during this show. Go to youreverydaystyle.com and click on podcast to find the episode you're looking for. While you're there, make sure you sign up for our weekly emails. We won't spam you, but you will get style tips and links to some of our favorite products to help make it even easier to love the way you look. You deserve that. 